0: Philippians chapter number 2, we were in this passage on Wednesday night. I don't know if you listened to it online if you weren't here. Maybe uh, some of you listened to it, but we want to get back into this. <clears throat> the Lord put this in my heart about marriage. You can apply this to any relationship, of course, but you can certainly apply it to marriage. He said, if there be there, verse 1, I'm sorry, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. Everybody say, there is. There is. If any comfort of love, say, There is. There is. If any fellowship of the Spirit there is, is. if any bowels of mercies there is, is. fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy. Now, Paul's writing by inspiration of the Spirit. So really, it's not just Paul. It's the Spirit of God saying, would you do this for me? Make me happy. Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. He's basically saying, get along. Having the same love. Same love. See, look at these words, like-minded, and then sane, like, sane. Being of one accord, that's unity. Of one mind, that's unity. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That's not unity, that's division. But in lowliness of mind, that's talking about humility, let each esteem other, better or the other person, better than themselves. Let each esteem other better than themselves. We were on that on Wednesday night. I don't know if you weren't here, if you listened to it or not, but uh, we want to kind of recap a few things about this. Uh, the Bible says, and then we'll move on, of course, but the Bible says over in the book of Proverbs that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Amen. Favor of the Lord. Yeah, you know, don't, don't uh, abuse your favor. Because you got favor from God. Whenever that person when you received that person he had for you into your life. Somebody said, Well, we weren't saved whenever we got married. Well, how many of you know God's big enough to work even when you're not saved? Yes, Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. We weren't But how many of you have ever read in the old testament, God sometimes used un well, you know, ungodly kings to do things to bring to pass his will for the nation of Israel? God's bigger than In fact, nobody in the Old Testament was saved. (laughs) And yet God got his plan done back there. So I believe you you shouldn't use that as an excuse. Well, you know, we probably never were meant to be together. All that does is undermine your faith. It's just a lie of the devil. Amen. Look what they did. They came in with you. They're hungry with you. They're walking with you. They're hungry for God with you. You know what I'm talking about? So, but anyway, um, you, you obtained he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Favor means it's the same word we get our word grace from. Yes. Yes. So, really, there's grace for marriage. Yes, that's good. thank God for that, because we all need the help, all the help we can get. Yes. I heard a guy say one time, forget this two wives thing. I'm just, you know, <laughs> need to take care of this situation where I learn how to be married to one.
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> Hello. Amen. Amen. Well, um, so there's grace. Say there's grace to be married. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about in the Old Testament they had more than one wife. Not talking about some weird dude today. All right. We're, We're off like a herd of turtles today, aren't we? But grace. There's grace to be married. You need to believe that. You know what grace is? It's his help. We find at the throne of grace we obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace is his help, yes. and uh, we need help. Yes. Yeah, we all do. We need help. You're not, if, you, if you have help, you're not on your own. Right. If I said, let's, uh, let's gather up all the chairs. We're going to clean the carpet this week, you know, and let's gather up all the chairs, and, 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 and I started picking up chairs and nobody else picked them up, I don't have any help. Right. I'm on my own, but if everybody jumps in or half yes. the congregation yes. jumps in, then, oh, that goes a lot better. Yes, Amen. I'm not on my own, right? And so that's the thing you need to know about marriage, that you're not on your own. Yeah. And the, the, the really, the, when God gave us His Word, He's giving us, His, He's giving us our answers. Yes. Yes. That's His help. Yes. Yes. And His help is in His Word, right? Yes. And there's, there's Word for your marriage. Yes. You ever thought about that? Yes. We're Word people, right? Yes. That was real weak. We're Word people, right? Word, spirit, people, word, but, but uh, if, if there's word for our marriage, then we ought to study marriage. Right. We ought to learn, okay, how does this work? Right. You know, why is mine not working? Right. I'm not saying it isn't, but if it isn't, what, what am I doing wrong? Yes, yeah. Well, it's not me, it's her, you know, you know, but how many of you know we'll get to that point today yeah. too? <laughs> There's help, and there's help in the Word, and there's answers in the Word. There's Word for your marriage. There's Word for you to succeed in marriage. And actually, you can have the kind of marriage to where it seems like people don't even think it's real. It's just that good. Marriage can be good. It can be heaven on earth. It can be hell on earth. But it can be heaven on earth. So... Um, There's knowledge in the word how to be sweet, especially with your words. There's knowledge in the word about how to be honorable towards one another and uh, love one another. And, um, you know, if you ever studied the Bible, the more revelation you have, the higher you can go in God. That's just a biblical principle. And there's levels that you uh, you can attain, like I said, that people don't even think it's real. Now, i don't mean that uh, that you know every anybody's perfect, right. but you can walk sufficiently in the spirit yeah. to where you're sweet on one another Amen. and kind to one another yes. and build one another up rather than point yes. out each other's Thank faults yes. Yes. and uh you know just be a doer of the word, be honorable towards one another, value one another even after thirty five years yeah. Yeah. right yeah. and uh just be just be your home, just have peace and be sweet and No pots and pans flying and no broken dishes, right? And there hasn't been for decades, you know. (laughs) No harsh words spoken. Amen. So uh, there's grace to be married. Uh, And wise people feed their faith and their spirit on the word of God to tap into that grace. Now what the Word says won't be necessarily always, uh, in other words, it might, It might just like a guy, it might, it might stroke your fur the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. The Word might stroke your fur the wrong way. You know what I mean by stroke your fur the wrong way? You know, you pet a cat, you go with the fur. But if you, if you go backwards, the cat gets riled up, right? Like one guy said one time, he said he was stroking the cat the back the wrong way, and the cat was, Rawr. he said, well, you can turn around any time. You know? <laughs> Amen. So if my preaching today makes you go, then you can turn around anytime. <laughs> but you can hear the heart of God here, the heart of God in here in this, in this uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, we didn't read verse 4, but 1 through 3. Uh, you can hear the heart of God here and, uh, how much he wants us to work it out. Yes. Yes. He's saying, Hey, work it out. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Work it out. Get together. Get along. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I don't know about you. I can't say about you. I would, if I could, <laughs> but I can talk about me and no, I probably wouldn't, but I'm just saying, but uh, you know, pastor Debbie and I, we, we started out. You know, just being fleshly about marriage. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean by that is just selfish and yeah. fussing. Yeah. <laughs> we got to the place that it just like, this is so immature. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. such that we're acting like babies. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We didn't say that to one another. We said that about ourselves. Yes. Yes, yes, sir. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's just childish. It's just yeah. fleshy. It's just carnal. It's yeah. just yes. always thinking about how... I was yeah. treated wrong, and me, and Let each esteem other better than themselves. Yeah. Does that sound like, you know, look out for yourself in, 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 in this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta get what you can, man, I'm telling you. No, 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 not at all. Someone said, well, marriage is give and take. No, it's not. It's, not. No, it's, not. it's give and receive. Thank
1: you. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Give and receive. Say it out loud, give and, give and receive. But if you've got two people that are taking, there's nothing to receive because yeah. there's nothing being given. Amen. So get, get your eyes and attention off of what they do or don't yeah. do or how they treated you wrong yeah. or they didn't treat you right or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. and you get your focus on how am I treating yes. them.
1: Yes. Yes. Amen. Right. Right. Okay. Right. That's right.
0: Amen. Well, well, we'll get to, there's a lot we got to get to. You got a couple hours? <laughs> Man, close the doors. Lock the doors. We're going to deal with it. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So you can hear the heart of God here. He's basically, he's basically, you know, fulfilling my joy to me just kind of sounds like, do this for me, would you? You know what I'm talking about? It's for your own benefit, but it's also for the benefit of a good testimony. Divorce rate in the church should not be the same as the world. We've got the answer. We've got the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And divine love is not selfish. So we ought to be able to work things out. Well, anyway, I'm going to preach no matter how those glares come back at me. So you can hear the heart of God here. Um, I don't know if we've quite uh, thought right about strife. In other words, how much God hates it. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says there's six things God hates. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. And he lists them. The last one is he that sows discord among brethren. Yep. At, and uh, that's strong language. I hate it and it's an abomination to yeah. me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so it displeases the Lord because where there's division. Remember Psalm 130. What is it? 133? 131. No, I can't. Remember, but uh, he said basically there's uh, where there's unity. How good and how pleasant it is, brethren, dwell together in unity. It's like the ointment, and then he starts talking talking about the anointing flowing from the top of that to the bottom of that, and he's saying that that there the Lord commanded the blessing. I tell you this this issue can be why people are struggling financially, struggling to receive something from God. Not because God's holding out, like, well, bless God, I'm not good. No, it's because, you know, 1 Peter 3, 7. Go over there real quickly. 1 Peter 3, 7 is talking about marriage. Well, actually, he's talking to the husbands in the marriage. He said, husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. One translation says, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage union. So us husbands shouldn't be ignorant about marriage. We should get biblical knowledge. Psychology changes every 10 years. They, yeah. they, they think yeah. they were right, and then they find out they were wrong. Yeah. So they got, So don't forget that. Forget, get, go, go find out the, the one who made yes. husband yeah. and wife right. and ordained marriage. Yes. Yes. That's one thing that's ordained of God.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And uh, find out what he has to say about
1: that's it. Good. That's
0: good. Amen. Amen. Yeah. When was the last time? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but when was the last time you got a series out on marriage and just meditated on it or fed on it? Or just studied Bible verses about marriage. Amen. I mean, a lot of people spend more time preparing for their driver's test than they do, you know, to prepare to get married. Shouldn't be that way. We should be word people concerning our our marriages. And listen, sometimes it'll slap our baby and call it ugly, but that's just it. If it's ugly, it's ugly. (laughs) We'll be looking in the mirror and we'll say, boy, that's ugly. Wait a minute. That's me. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, come on.
0: Yep, yep. Amen. Amen. Don't read your Bible looking for your wife's verses.
1: Come on now. All right. yeah. come on.
0: Or if you're the wife looking for your husband's verses.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: Read your Bible looking for your verses.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yes. Well, if she'd do her part, I'd do mine. Well, do you notice she's saying the same thing. So both of you are waiting for the other one to initiate this thing.
1: And we'll get on that
0: later too. My goodness, I'm already feeling mean on the devil. But so 1 Peter 3:7, seven: husbands dwell with wives according to knowledge giving honor, giving honor unto the wife as under the weaker vessel, not to, not not mentally or anything, yeah. physically, yeah. under the weaker vessel, the vessel's the body. Um, at least from the, you know, hips up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard one preacher one time, he said, he so said, I got to keep this light because everybody's kind of like tense right yeah, now, but yeah. he said one time he came home from the, from, from the office, and he said, the, furn- the, the sofa, big old heavy sofa that had been over here, now yeah. it's over here, yeah. and the whole living room's rearranged. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, how'd you do all that? These are the heavy furniture. She said, hips, baby, hips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we digress. He that would... (laughs) Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessels, being heirs together. That's our scripture for marriage. Remember, we always go to that one. Heirs together of the grace of life. Now, notice, lest your prayers be hindered. you can hinder your prayers by not walking in love or, he mentioned honor, not being honorable towards your spouse. If we can get there today, we're going to look at an example of that. But anyway, so, uh, so it's important that we, we, we look at these verses. It's an abomination and actually it's something God hates, not the people, but He hates the strife. And when you grow spiritually, you get to the point you hate strife. In fact, you'll do whatever it takes to avoid it, whether it's zip the lip. People that just fall headlong into strife, they're not mature enough to know how much it damages them. Amen. It takes two. Yes.
1: Yes, sir. It's not just usually one. It's usually two. Yes. Yes. Come on.
0: Amen. 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 There's usually his side, her side, and then the right side, which is yeah. both of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, see, you're always glad I'm preaching over here, and today you're really glad, right? <laughs> he, hates, he hates strife. That's a strong thing to say. Make me happy, he said, and get along. That's what he said. Uh, he longs to bless. He longs to help. He longs to provide. He longs to heal. Yeah. Yeah. He longs to do so many things, guide and bring direction. But how many of you know where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work? Yeah. In other words, he's, he's blocked out of that. Yeah. So. It's not that God doesn't want to, it's that he's blocked out. Right. Yeah. We did, God didn't, you know, 1 Peter 3, 7 didn't say, lest I won't answer your prayers. Yeah. That's not what he said. He said, "Lest your prayers be hindered," and the implication is by doing what you're doing, being dishonorable towards one another. In other words, he's saying that we're the ones that hindered that prayer, not God. God didn't say, "Well, bless God, I'm not going to heal you because you're not getting along." That's not. He longs to do it, but that's a block. That's a. That's a. It's, it keeps him from being able to do what he longs to do, because it shuts the door to him and opens the door to the devil. See, it's all based on the authority of the believer. We're the ones that can open, our, our, our open the door to God or close it or close the door to the devil and open it or open it to the devil. So uh, that's, that's what we need to understand what he's saying here. He said, make me happy. I long to do so much more for you. That's what this is saying. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, we we're just recapping a few things. He said, uh, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. In other words, it'll fall. Right. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. That's, that's, uh, that's telling you that, that uh, there's so much I want to say here. That's telling you that it's important that you not allow that. Somebody said, well, you know, we." Brother Higgins said this, the divine kind of love has never been to a divorce court. That's All
1: right, right. That's, yeah. good. That's, that's good, that's
0: right. good. See, that, that marriage falling apart is that falling. Yeah. Right. Notice he's saying the house divided against itself will not stand. That's right. You could say a marriage divided against itself cannot stand. That's right. You know, whenever you're bringing up the faults of your spouse, that you are double-teaming your spouse with yeah. the devil. You're joining the devil, the yeah. accuser come of the come brethren, come and you're double-teaming it. with him against your spouse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a sports strategy for yeah. a strong player, like in basketball yeah. or something, they'll have yeah. to double-team a guy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what you're doing against your spouse. Yeah. 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 And uh, that gives the marriage a whole lot less chance of surviving.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, Amen. Amen. The Bible said out of the, he said over there, Jesus made this statement. He said, out of the heart proceeds murders and hatred and so forth and so on. Uh, And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So these things come out of wrong things getting planted in a person's heart and then them speaking them. Divorce comes out of a hard heart and speaking out of a hard heart. Now, go over to first, well, if you want to go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 29 and 30. At the end of verse 29, he's talking about, uh, really, we could we talk about causes here, but it's, let's just start in verse number 29 and we'll get to verse number 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, he's talking about the communion, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, that could be that 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 physical bread represents the body was broken for your healing. Or the context is no doubt. You read the whole verses before and after, the whole chapter, chapter number 11, and you'll find he's talking about the body of Christ, meaning other members of the body are brother and sister in Christ. Not discerning the Lord's body could apply to that uh, part of the body. Not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, not recognizing or giving proper honor to other members of the body. Well, you have to include your spouse in that. You have to discern their place that God gave them in that's your life. Right, yes. 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 Amen. And then he said, for this cause, because of not discerning the Lord's body or not properly honoring somebody else in their place in the body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you could say that's true about physically. Sleep means dying prematurely. You could say that's true about the physical body or you could say that's true about marriage. Marriages don't just start out just, bam, in the divorce court. They get weak, then they get sickly, and see, it's a progression. You notice the progression in that verse? Weak, sickly, and then die prematurely, we would say. Many sleep means die prematurely. So marriages go through the same progression. They get weak, and they get sickly, and then they die. That's called divorce. They can. They don't have to. I'm saying they can. And we need to... he, He said there's a cause for these things. Am I still in the right room this morning? There's a cause for these things, and he's basically telling us that uh, we need to discern the cause of why our marriage is weak or our bodies. It could be anything, but our marriage, that's applied to marriage. Why our marriage is weak, sickly, or dead, or dying. Yeah. Come on, Amen. Amen. Well, put that verse together with Mark 11, verse number 12, where Jesus cursed the fig tree. Are you out there? Yes. Jesus cursed the fig tree. That means he he demanded it die. He he spoke words. You, you might say he spoke words that that damned it. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. I don't mean that he said G D or anything yeah. like that, but if you know what I mean, he yes. he we, we use the we use yeah. the word damned it yeah. to, you know, as a curse word, right. but it means it's a short form of the word condemned. Yeah. Yeah. Or pass, sentence, pass a yeah, sentence yeah. on it. Yeah. Jesus damned it, meaning he condemned it. Yeah. He passed a sentence on it. He said, right. no man eat fruit of thee hereafter That's forever. Right. Right. Well, he did that to the fig tree. and But you can do that to your marriage by talking ugly to one another. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's right. yep. Am I still in the right room this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you can talk ugly to your spouse and kill your marriage. Right. Just like Jesus killed the fig tree. Yeah. You can be pointing out their faults all the time. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Are you still there? Yeah. Uh, but, and you can kill your affection for one another. Yeah. Anybody ever, ever, well, don't raise your hand, but t- t- how many of you know, you've, we've probably all probably done that. And thoughts start filling your mind. When you speak ugly to one another, thoughts start filling your mind. The devil jumps on that. And he's going to move on that to make your effect, to, take, to rob your affection for them. And it came through words. Wrong words. Where to use our words, the Bible says, or in Ephesians 4, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. whereby you're sealed seal under the day of redemption. Remember that? Let no, you know, evil communications and, and so forth come out of your mouth. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. But we think of evil, evil, corrupt communications is the word he used there. Corrupt communication. We think of four-letter words or something like that. Well, just saying, just reminding them of their faults all the time, that's corrupt communication. Yeah. Yeah. Fault finding.
1: Amen. Fault finding. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. So, uh... This is, uh, this is, what do we say in our marriages is very, very important. We can either speak, you know, the Bible talks about words can either kill or they can uh, heal. Proverbs, I got the verses. I think I got some notes over here. There's words, there's, thank you, honey. There's uh, words that can kill and words that can heal. Right. Let me give you those references. I think I got them close here somewhere. Um, Proverbs chapter number 12 uh, they're somewhere right in front of me. I, I think it's Proverbs 12, Proverbs, uh, yeah, Proverbs. <laughs> Thought I had them right here in front of me. But uh, there's verses that talk about words can heal or words can, can uh, kill or destroy. Both of those verses that I gave you in Proverbs. <laughs> I didn't give you any verses, but they're in there. Praise the Lord. 12 what? 12, 6. Is it 18 something then? But there's, there's words, there's, you can use your words to kill fakes. 18 what? 12, 18 and 12. Okay, so, so look those verses up and, and realize the importance of your words. Whenever you're saying the wrong things, you're killing your marriage. Yes, come on. And you're killing your affection for one another. Yeah, yeah. And then people say, well, we just don't love each other one, and one, one another anymore. Well, of course not. You killed it. It wasn't God that did that. It wasn't even the devil that did that. You did that. Somebody said one time, uh, Samson killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of an ass. And he said a thousand marriages have been killed the same way. It's just dumb to kill. You know, the Bible said, let what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. You could put at the end of that verse. You might want to write in your Bible, put at the end of your verse, that verse, dot, 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 with words. Yeah. Yeah. With killing words. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Wow. That's real good. Amen. That's, that's how these thing, that's how we get separated. That's how we grow apart. How many of you know, you keep saying, uh, reminding your spouse of all that you really appreciate about them. Yeah. Yeah. All that they are a blessing to you in. Yeah. And you, you just overlook everything else, and you keep saying that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All of a sudden, you know, those good old feelings start coming back. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's true. Somebody's going to get something out of this today. <laughs> and so, talk about the love you have for one another. Be sweet. Remember Ephesians 4, be ye kind one to another, yeah. tenderhearted. You know, we come to church and we make sure our words are stated just right and sweet. Then we go home like, well, bless God. Why isn't dinner ready? I'm hungry. Don't you know You never have it done right. Never on time. And we're not sweet with one another. I mean, the whole church is, we're sweet with everybody else. Isn't that the truth? Come on. But the people we are closest to, we take for more granted. And that's, that's it, losing what he said there. Do you notice Philippians chapter number 2? I don't know if you turned away there. But go back there to Philippians chapter number 2. What it says there, uh, verse number 3 is so important on, in this, what we're sharing here. Philippians 2 verse number 3. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. Vainglory is pride. Um, notice he brings up strife and pride. Then he said, but in lowliness of mind, that means with humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. So he's talking about strife, and he said it comes out of not esteeming one another anymore. Not va- that, that's another word for valuing or uh, on- it's another word for honor, really? And it means being precious, something precious. He's basically saying, keep that sense of how precious they are to you alive. Otherwise, strife is going to get in. Now, let me tell you what. You, when you first met them, I mean, they were all that and a bag of chips. They were something else. I mean, the world's greatest example of what a husband should be or a wife should be. You saw no fault in them. If somebody said, write down all the things you like about him," you can write a book. <laughs> write down all the things you don't like about him. You sit there with a puzzled look on your face and you just, you gloss over and you, oh my. You probably were looking right past things that were there all along. Right? I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just telling the truth. But But six months later, show back up in the pastor's office like, well, they got this. I mean, they don't do this, and they don't do that, and they don't love me, and they don't treat me right, and they don't. I don't know that a human being can change that fast in six months. Uh, I don't think the person changed. I think their esteem for that person changed. How, how precious that, that God brought that person into their life. That sense of preciousness and value is gone. And listen, the devil's not to blame for that. He's basically telling us here, make sure and keep this sense of value. He's not telling us, make pray and ask God to give that loving feeling back. That's not what it said. Well, I came for healing or prosperity today. This is healing and prosperity. This is healing. When we got this, when we started getting our foot to the flesh in this area, that's when we started really started prospering. I can tell you a story right now of a multimillionaire that said the exact same thing. We just had to get over fussing. We just had to stop it. Just quit it. Just zip it. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Okay, so now uh, you can see that God wants us to work these things out. And He wants us to not kill our affection for one another by cutting and derogatory words. Bible calls it evil speaking, right? Well, they know me. They know I didn't really mean it. That is not good enough. That is not good enough. The fool just lets things fly, and then later acts like it doesn't really matter. They have the idea those words have no effect. They do have an effect.
1: Yes, they do.
0: Yes, sir. Amen. And don't think, well, well, she laughs at it when I say it. You know, I I joke about her cooking, and I joke, I joke about she's not just skinny as she used to be when I married her. And she laughs. Listen, she might be laughing, but down inside, it's like ouch. Come on, somebody. A lot of them don't laugh, and they should not laugh. But I'm saying, you know, out of everybody having a good time, sometimes the wife, <laughs> that's, not, that's not okay. Thank you. You're not okay just if she laughed. Exactly.
1: Come
0: on. Come on. It's not funny. It's not
1: funny. Thank you. Say it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not funny. Yeah. Not, funny. Yeah. not funny. And anybody that laughs ought to just stop it and just look at him, just stare him down. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not him, but... Uh, yeah. Amen. The Bible says, in, "In Jesus said, we're going to give an account for every idle word that proceeds out of our mouth. Isn't that right? We're going to give an account for every idle word. The word idle means productive In other words, they weren't edifying. We're going to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. They didn't build that person up. They didn't build up their faith, build up their self-esteem. I thought thought it was interesting. I was meditating on these things years ago. That word over there in Ephesians 5 talks about husbands, love your wives, so forth. And then it says, to nourish and cherish them. Look at that word, nourish, nourish. There's something in the inside of a woman. This is two ways, but he's talking to the husbands here. There's something on the inside of a woman that needs to be nourished. And we emphasize the Spirit, and rightly so, but how many of you know we need to learn to be, to nourish the soul just as much as the Spirit? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 You know I'm preaching good, because you're saying I'm preaching good. Uh, Nourish. Look at that. Nourish. Build up. You know, you're 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 a woman of God. You're 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 faithful. You're a blessing. You're you're such a you're such a um, you know help yes. and a and a blessing to the kids. Yeah. Or yeah. I really appreciate how you did that or took care of that and yeah. and, and I thank you for. An, you're such an encouragement to me and yeah. you're so yeah. you're my you're tempered to my steel. You know yeah. and just yeah. or whatever. Just dear Lord, yeah. the yeah. Cold War will be over within thirty minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, seriously.
0: There's too many good things that are left unsaid. Yeah, yeah. And there's too many wrong things that are said. Yes, yes, that's it right
1: there. Yes, sir.
0: Well, they know it. They know I appreciate them. It's not good enough. Right. Well, I said it yesterday. Oh well. Not good enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Does God ever reassure you and reaffirm His love for you? Yes, He does. He doesn't say, "Well, I told you when I, when, you, when you got saved that I loved you." That's not good enough.
1: That's right, it's
0: not. Right? He, he just does it over and over again. Yes, he sir. Just... Yes, sir. Anyway. Okay. I, I, can you, I can feel the conviction in my own life. I'm trusting it's getting... Every idle word, we're given account for it. Words are powerful. They create, they destroy. Amen? You can't just shoot off at the mouth and let the enemy pop anything in your head that you just say and be Okay? Amen. Amen. You can't just, anything you feel, just let it come out your mouth. That's what a lot of people are living by. They're living by feelings. You need to grow past just living by feelings and say what you really know in your heart. Amen. Say what the Word says. Say say what uh, God says about them. Amen. People are being damaged uh, and hurt and destroyed through words. And somebody's going to give account for that. Amen. So it's important. Praise the Lord. Now let's go over here to, uh, let's look at Philippians again. Maybe you're there. Philippians 2, 3. He's talking about strife and he said it comes out of not esteeming one another properly. Amen. Now, you can you can uh, you, know, you know, where strife comes from. Strife is basically it comes from pride and selfishness. That's the basic nature of the flesh. Now, I know this might not get a lot of hits on YouTube, but this is just the facts. We're not here to get hits on YouTube. We're here to really have help, help people's lives. Strife is basically comes out of the nature of the flesh which is selfishness and pride. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13 and talk about, you know, he talks about love is patient, love is kind. Remember the, the resume of, of love there that he gives, verse 4 through 8, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 2, 8. He addresses pride and he addresses selfishness. He said, seeks not its own. That's addressing selfishness. It's not vaunted and lifted up in pride. He's, he's addressing the basic nature of the flesh. The love of God was shed abroad in our hearts, not our flesh. So to really succeed in marriage, we're going to have to walk in the nature of our spiritual nature rather than the nature of our flesh. So it's, it's real simple. but um, So there's times whenever we're, you know, well, you don't do this to me, or you said this, or you hurt me, or you, whatever. And that kind of thing has a lot of, if you examine what we're doing, we're talking about how it affected me, how it hurt yeah. me, yeah. How, how you made me look bad, how you, yeah. and me, me, me. Is the emphasis. Yes, yes. What is that? Selfish. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Say it out loud. Some of you are afraid of yeah. it. Say it out loud. That's selfish. selfish. It's thinking of me.
1: Yeah.
0: You should basically live unconscious of you.
1: Yeah.
0: Boy, that went over real big. Come <laughs> on. Basically live just just what can I do to be a blessing to somebody else? Thinking about yourself and what I need and what I want and it's always me, me, me. It, it, It sets you up to be disappointed over and over and over again. And then you go watch a Hollywood movie and you're crying not because it's romantic. You're crying because... We don't have that and I've been on. so deprived and I'm sad because we don't have that. Let me give you, let me, let me let you in on a little insight. They don't either. They're actors playing and acting out a part. The director says, Cut, and they go back to their trailer, drink some Perrier water, and talk to their ninth wife. They don't have that either. It's a setup. The devil's setting you up to get you into disappointment and think about all the faults of your spouse. Can I, can I just shuck the corn a little bit this morning? Go over to uh, the book of Proverbs. Go over to the Proverbs, the fifth chapter. Oh, my helper showed up. Proverbs 5, verse number 20. Why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? He's asking a question. Why? He's asking us, why do, he, he's trying to give us the answer, and actually he's giving us the answer right in that yeah, verse, yeah. whether you see it or not, he's giving us yeah. the answer right in that verse, yeah. why people have affairs. Yes. Yeah. He's telling us why. It's not just because somebody down at the office is good looking. Uh-huh. He said, "Why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the woman the bosom of a stranger? Two times he called him a stranger.
1: Yes. 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 Right. Yes, uh-huh.
0: What does that mean? That means the key word there is that they're a stranger. Hello. That's the reason why that people have affairs. Uh-huh. Because they don't know them. After the flesh. They don't know all their faults. I know all the faults of my spouse. And I'm really disappointed. And I no longer esteem them, value them, because I see all their faults. But, oh, look at this over here. They probably have more faults than your spouse. But the devil don't want you to see that. He wants them to be a stranger so you can make them to be anything that you imagine them to be until you get to know them. So the key word is that they're a stranger. So why do people have affairs? Not just because that person's good looking. It's because they flowered, they buttered you up, flattered their eyes, flipped their eyes a little kind of nice at you. And the devil said, man, look what it'd be like to be with that. Yeah. Somebody that really got it going. Yeah. That's a lie. Yeah. Come on, somebody say yeah. amen. Yeah. You don't know them. That's right.
1: That's- you don't know if they fly off the handle
0: and, and blow up and yeah. right. act the yeah. fool. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Say it. amen. He's asking a question and the answer's right in the, right in the verse. Amen. You know why people have affairs? Because they're dumb. That's why. They're very shallow. They 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 have a they have a romantic idea of somebody that isn't even reality. They don't see much. Amen. People are. I said this was the last thing I said on Wednesday night. People are more. Men and women are more than bodies. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's an inside to them. There's a, the real man and their character, their nature, yes. so forth and so on, is going to eventually get known.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yes. <clears throat> so that somebody can be married to a fine man or a fine woman of God, mm-hmm. and the devil tripped them up in this thing. Yes. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Because he's got them focused on their spouse's faults. Yeah. And an imaginary imagination of something that's not even real over here. So you can turn somebody. The devil will help you fantasize. Fantasies are of the devil. It's an uncontrolled thought life. And fantasies are not reality. Amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor Jay. Somebody's getting some help here this morning. Yeah. The devil will lie to you about your spouse and say, yeah. they got this fault, this fault, and this fault. And then somebody down at the office just pays you a little bit of attention yeah. or just appreciates the work yeah. you do, maybe, maybe even on a work okay. level, yeah. Yeah. and the devil will start talking to you. So yeah. Somebody appreciates me. Yeah. I don't get that at the house. Wow. Come on. Somebody's giving me a little bit of attention. Uh-oh. See, affairs are not just physical, they're emotional.
1: Yeah. 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 And
0: so, you know, you tend to when somebody gives you a little attention or gives you a little affection or or points out your 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 accomplishments or your abilities or how good a job you do or whatever. And maybe they start going a little bit further. You know what I'm talking about? That's a setup, especially if it's the opposite sex, somebody you don't know. And the devil will start calling. I don't get all that at the house. I mean I here at the work they really appreciate me and especially sitting Miss So-and-so over here. Uh-huh. She's really special. Uh-huh. The devil yeah. starts setting you up.
1: Tell yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. so your neighbor he's preaching better than your amen, and that's for sure. Yeah. So they can be married, a person can be married to a, a, a fine person, just a fine work, you know, child of God and loves God and been faithful to him, you know. Maybe they got faults. Welcome to the human race. Yeah. But the devil wants you to see those faults. He he wants those to be the only thing you see. And you forgot that you picked them. You know what I'm talking about? There was something in them that you liked, something in them that was attractive. So tell your neighbor, amen. Praise God. So the devil doesn't want you to see all the bad stuff in that strange woman. Strange man down there strange means you don't know them. They're a stranger Amen Maybe they they really are ugly on the inside
1: Amen
0: Praise God So he wants you to see all the bad stuff and talk about all the bad stuff in your spouse And then he wants you to fantasize about all the good things in somebody else, which you don't even know them Praise the Lord and the enemy comes along and tries to get you to look at somebody you see and you don't even know. And that's the beginning of the fantasy. That's the beginning of the affair. You can have an emotional affair long before you get in bed with somebody. But all this could be fixed if we would just keep talking, spouses to one another, keep talking about how much we appreciate about each other. Amen. Ain't nobody better my sweetheart. Huh? Ain't nobody better my sweetheart. Ain't nobody. She said it. Ain't nobody better than. Yeah. Listen, you ought to make it hard for them to get for some uh, some other woman to get yeah. your man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes.
0: Some other man to get your wife. She needs to be treated so well, and he needs to be treated so well that he keeps thinking, why on earth would I go down to that? Exactly. 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 Yes. Hey, glory to God. Yeah. Thank, amen. So. That's really ignorance. It's foolishness to compare somebody that you don't even know to somebody that you do know. How can you compare what you don't know to somebody you do know? That's foolishness. Amen. Praise God. So hold one another in esteem and keep pointing out each other's, uh, uh, you know, what you appreciate about them. Praise God. So uh, this is easy when you're first dating and you see no fault. But you have to maintain this. You have to you keep keep being appreciative, keep esteeming. That's we're all back. We're just getting this all this out of this word, esteeming one another. That means valuing one another, counting as precious. Hallelujah. Well, uh, the other the the the, um, somebody said, well they changed. I highly doubt it. Sometimes that's a little bit true. But still, that doesn't mean we stop doing what the Bible says. Amen. Keep talking about the good things. Love pulls the best out of other people. Amen. It just draws the best out. That's how you can do that, by what you say, what you keep emphasizing. Hallelujah. Well, are you still glad you came? Yes. Now, when it comes to wives, 1 Peter seven. Uh, uh, excuse me, husbands. First Peter three seven says to give honor unto the wife. When it comes to the wife, it tells us. It tells the wife back here in Ephesians five thirty three. We looked at this on Wednesday. Ephesians five thirty three. Nevertheless, let each let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife, see that she reverence her husband. Reverence is not a word we would use today because we kind of apply that to God. But it means (coughs) to give respect. Respect. So it's the same thing. It's talking about both ways. There's to be honor from the wife to the husband and from the husband to the wife. There's to be honor, respect. There's to be appreciation and valuing between one another. This is a big issue. So God, God was smart. He knew what some of the main issues in marriage were going to be. And he said to both husband and wife, do this, do this. Now that's, that, that explains that verse over in first Peter where it talks about, uh, that Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord. We make jokes about that, but that's not something to joke about. That's our, that's our Bible. Right. It's not about like bowing down or something or him being a God. That's that's not what it's talking about. It is a term of respect. Yes, amen. That's what it comes back to. It's just about respect, yes. but it goes both ways, yes. right?
1: Yes.
0: Exactly. So the Amplified says, I don't know if you wives can handle this, but I didn't write it, so I'm, I'm scot-free today. I, I can get out with, get out with my life. Um, The Amplified Ephesians 5.33, Let the wife see that she respect and reverence her husband, that she notices him. Has anybody meditated on this one? Regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates, esteems him. See, these are words honor and esteem. These are words, same thing. And that she defers to him, praises him, loves and admires him exceedingly. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if He would love me like Jesus loved the church, I'd do that. You're in your wrong verse. Go to Ephesians 5. You're in Philippians, right? Just back up a couple pages. Ephesians 5. Notice what it says. Let's start reading in verse number 21. Uh, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. All of us to one another. And he said, wives, submit yourselves. Okay, so now he's going to get into the verses that the husbands jump on. But the very first word in that verse tells you you're wrong for jumping on that verse. God is not talking to the husbands there. He said, wives. So he's talking to the wives, telling them what to do. Listen, husbands, this is between her and God, and she's an adult. And that's not your place to be preaching that to her. You're in your wrong verse. So when he says, wives, then the husbands ought to go, okay, we'll jump over that. What's he saying to the husbands? Somebody said, that's foolish. No, it's not. It's you doing your part. Come on, somebody. Her wives, so he's talking to the wives, submit yourselves. He doesn't say, husbands, See that she submits. In other words, you keep bringing it up that she needs to submit. You keep talking about that verse to her. He said, you're out of order. He's saying he's, he's, He said who he's talking to in the first word. Wives. Right? So this is between her and God, husbands. Bozo. It's between her and God. Leave her alone. She's an adult. She can work that out between her and God. Well, if she would do that, then, then 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 I would love her. Shut up. It's getting old. You're destroying your marriage. You're, you're, you're using the word as a club to hit one another. That's not the right spell. Well, that's, that's what the Bible said. You can be technically right and wrong because your heart is wrong in your faith. Technically, you're right, but you're wrong because your heart... God's looking at the heart of this issue. And your heart is not focused on your job, Bubby Dub. Amen. Get your nose in your own verse. As long as your nose is in that verse, you're not focused on doing your part. You're not responsible. Listen, I'm just going to suck it like, suck it down. You, husbands, you're not responsible for your wife doing that word. Amen. They're an adult. Well, she's supposed to. Maybe sit, maybe so, but shush. Hush. Zip it. Don't talk to me about it. Let's talk about your verse. Well, I would do my verse. That, no, shut up. I'm being nice this morning. Shut up. <laughs> Amen. You make up your mind you're going to do what you're supposed to do no matter what she decides to do. Brother Higgin made that statement about walking in love. He said, I'm going to walk in love no matter what anybody else does. I'm not going to stand before. You, this will not fly at the judgment seat of Christ where he, he asked you about the way you treated your spouse. And, he, and you go, well, she didn't or, or or he didn't. Do you think that's going to fly with the Lord? That's an excuse. That's a cop-out. Amen. Amen. We'll see if the crowd grows Wednesday night. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You make up your mind. You're going to do what you're supposed to do no matter what they do, no matter what they're supposed to do. The devil will bring you verses. Did you know that? He'll bring you verses. He'll quote the word. He quoted the word to Jesus, and he'll keep quoting. His husbands, he'll keep quoting this verse about what the wife is supposed to do. He'll keep bringing that back to you. But that verse is none of your business. Okay, I'm going to say it over here. That verse is none of your business. Can I just say it like I want to say it? No man wants a daughter for a wife. Not a strong man. He doesn't want a daughter for a wife. And no strong woman wants a son for a husband. What am I talking about? Like a child. Amen. No man wants a uh, a daughter where he's got to train them. You know what I'm talking about? Teach them like a child. And you're not to treat your wife like a child. She's not a child. She's not your daughter. You're not training her up. Let God work with her. Amen. What are you doing? Are you praying for her? No, I'm just trying to talk to her. Well, then you're on Scripture on two sides. Unscriptural by opening your zip and, and, and talking to her. Well, why, why did I say that? And you're, you're, you're unscriptural in not talking to God, praying for her.
1: Come
0: on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Your husband's not a little boy. We got to teach him and tell him what to do. That's
1: right. Right,
0: right. You don't treat your husband like a child. You know, yes. Come on, your wife is not your little girl. Right. Thank you. you don't treat her like a child. Amen. You're both adults. Amen. Well, she's not doing the Word. Well, then you do the Word. Especially the husband. My goodness, you're the lead in this thing. Both of you are kind of waiting for the other to do the Word. The husband really is the main one responsible to take the lead in walking in love when the other one won't. And the wives all said, that's right, I'm going to tell him that. Out of order. Pastor's supposed to tell him that, not you. (laughs) <laughs> You're not supposed to make your wife do the Word. She's not supposed to make you do what the Word says. Amen. Let, let God deal with them. I'll tell you, He'll deal with them in ways you could never get through to them. He'll slap them around, slap them down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm talking about with conviction, not sickness or disease. I'm talking about... God has a way of doing things. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Praise the Lord. So zip it. Tell your neighbor, I got my answer this morning. I'm going to zip it. When, when you're preaching to one another, you're, you're, you know, their side. You're both sort of training one another or trying to train one another. And neither of you are focused on doing what doing your word. And, um, well, praise the Lord. That's my introduction. You want to start the service now? (laughs) Proverbs 30, verse number 15 says, The horse leech hath two suckers saying, Give, give. That's not one you have on your refrigerator. (laughs) Proverbs 30, you better get a hold of it. Proverbs 30, verse number five. Listen, we're laughing, but I'm so I'm completely serious this morning. You better look at that verse. And if you have never looked at it, Proverbs 30, verse number 15. I think I said five. It's verse number 15. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, "Give, give." There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things, and say not that say not is enough. And he talks about the grave and so forth. Um, But I just when he says the horse leech has two daughters crying give give Have you ever seen a leech Maybe they'll they'll take a close-up picture of it. It's got those two fangs that gets a hold of the body and starts sucking So you could say the horse leech has two suckers crying give give And it never gets enough just more I need more from you. I need more from you. I you're my host that you're what's keeping me alive And that's the way people are in marriage sometimes you, ha- you don't have two sowers. You have two suckers. Well, Sucking the life out of one another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, oh man, this has been good preaching. I'm yes, telling you what. Yes. I'm not it's giving the good. glory to myself. I'm giving glory to God. Yes. He gives us utterance, doesn't he give yes. us utterance? We, we pray for utterance. Yes. Watch out when you pray for utterance. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you got, when you got two people saying, Give me, I need, give me, I need, give me, I need. There's nobody giving, but just everybody's taking. And since there's no giving, there's no sowing, there's nothing to receive. Can't receive what's not given. Right? Two sowers or two, two suckers or two sowers. That'd be a good sermon for a marriage su- service. Two suckers or two sowers? Uh, amen. There's always, you know, what we talking about suckers, we're talking about always dinging your spouse, always pointing out their faults, correcting them, fault-finding, tearing them down, nothing ever, you never do anything good enough. As I said Wednesday night, somebody said, well, how long have you been saying that to them? Oh, I've probably said it 10,000 times. Well, it's not working. Why didn't it work on number one? Because you're unscriptural, that's why. We got to say these things as much as we, we think we all got it, yet we find ourselves <laughs> when you're sucking the life out of somebody else, you're devilish. That's devilish. I said, that's devilish. That, that's the flesh that's worldly. And it's the devil. We live in a culture that just is just, just lets things fly out of their mouth. Well, it's just the Irish in me. No, it's the devil. It is. It's the flesh. Exactly. And it's the world. Yeah. And yeah. it's sin. Yeah. And it's wrong. Yes, it is. And you need to get on your knees yes. and with tears say, Lord, I have been sucking the life out of my spouse and destroying my marriage by my words. Well, hallelujah. hallelujah. Maybe we can preach on prosperity tomorrow or some other service coming up. Yes. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Now, can I just get into something here? Yeah. Words are powerful. Um, there's an example. Go to 1 Samuel 18. I got a little time to do this, but I'm just going to quickly go through that. 1 Samuel 18, verse number 20. One of the greatest examples of this in the Old Test- is, is in the Old Testament. And uh, 1 Samuel 18, 20 is the beginning story here of <clears throat> David and his first wife, I don't know how you'd pronounce it. I guess Michael, but Mikael, however you want to say it. 1 Samuel 18, 20. It says about D- David here, Mikael, let's just call her Mikael, Saul's daughter. Now remember King Saul was the king. Saul's daughter loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him, but not for the reason you would think of. And Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him. And that the hand of the Philistines may be against him, wherefore Saul said to David, "Thou shalt this day be uh, my son in law in the one of the twain, and Saul commanded his servants, saying, "Come commune with David secretly, and say, behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee, and every man everybody loves you now, therefore be the king's son in law and Saul's servants spake these words in the ears of David, and David said. Seemeth it to you a light thing to be the king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed. Now, let me just kind of give you the background there. He's basically saying, where, where am I going to? He's saying, I'm a poor man. That just simply means, man, the dowry, because he had to pay a dowry to the king for, for her. Where am I going to get the money to pay the dowry for the king's daughter? <laughs> so that's no, that's no small thing there. He's, he's, basically, that's, he's saying, where am I going to get that kind of money? Uh, look at what he said here. Uh, which verse did I stop on 24 verse 25? Saul said, thus shall you say to David, the king desires, not any dowry, but a hundred foreskins of the Philistines to be avenged, uh, to be avenged of the king's enemies. So Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Now, let me kind of, for time's sake, say what he, what's going on here. Uh, Saul's daughter loved David. And actually, David loved Saul's daughter. We're going to see this as we, I, I'm not going to take the whole, I'm not going to take time for the whole story, but this is a love story. Yeah, yeah. They love one another. Yeah. And, you know, the king's daughter, <laughs> that's a big dowry. And, uh, but see, Saul's trying to trap him, so I know what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to make him say, okay, you don't have to pay anything, just kill a hundred Philistines yeah. for me. Yeah. That's the enemy. Go out to battle. And, and secretly, Saul's thinking, because he's jealous of David anyway, because now he, yeah. David's anointed to be king in his room already. Yeah. He's already getting more accolades than himself, yeah. the king. Yeah. And he's jealous of him. He's fearful of him. He said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll just make him go fight for 100 Philistines, and surely somewhere he's going he's to get killed. That's what David, that's what Saul was trying to do, trying to get rid of it. And David went out and killed twice as many. Came back and said, "Where's Michael? Michael, however you say it." Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's given he's given his word, so he's got to yeah. he's got to keep his word. Are you still following me here? Yeah. And this is a love story. And if you go through the whole story, um, uh, you know, it'd be a good movie, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so he had to allow it. But then you go through the 19th chapter, for time's sake, we won't read it all. But David is is or Saul is getting more and more. Uh, worked up about David and trying to kill him, and Saul's daughter, Michal, helped him escape one time. You know, there have been plenty of people uh, killed for treason doing things like that. So she's putting her life on the line, right? David put his life on the line by going out and killing those Philistines. So this is a real love story. You don't do that for an arranged marriage. This is not an arranged marriage. You know, you got an ugly tooth woman over there. They're trying to arrange it for you. I think I'll pass on killing Philistines, you know?
1: Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah.
0: Come on, somebody. Yeah. We're, Come on. I'm not, we're not done yet. We're almost done. So it's a love story. They saw something in one another. They liked one another. So if you find out the whole story, then the 19th chapter, she put her life on the line. And then over in 2 Samuel, chapter number 3, look at this. 2 Samuel is after 1 Samuel, right? 2 Samuel, chapter 3, verse number 12. We'll start verse 12, read down through verse 16. Now this is after the whole, you remember, because David was being chased like a dog. Saul was trying to kill him. Remember, he's going from place to place trying to find David and kill him. Because he's jealous. He's, 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 Saul's lost the anointing. The anointing's on David to be king. He's trying to kill him. All right, so... Finally, Saul's killed, Saul's sons are killed, or uh, so, so, some of the uh, family, and then it comes to verse number 12 here in chapter, 2 second, second Samuel 3, verse number 12, Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make thy league with me, and behold, my hand shall be with thee to bring about all Israel unto thee. In other words, basically now. I have the power. Abner's a, a pretty high up guy. He has the ability to, to get everybody's uh, loyalty together around David. And so he said, I want to do that for you here. And he said, Well, verse number 13, well, I will make a league with thee. In other words, we'll make an agreement for you, you make me king. I'll make a league with thee. Uh, but one thing I require of thee, that is, that they shall, uh, thou shalt not see my face, except thou bring first Michal, Saul's daughter, whom thou, uh, when thou comest to, my, to see my face. In other words, okay, fine, but first thing, I want my wife. Because he's on the run. He can't take his wife with him everywhere. He's trying to stay alive, and he's on the run. So he, can, you know, he hasn't been with her. Right. And so he said, okay, it's time to make you king. We'll make an agreement. He said, first thing, I want my wife. Yeah. Bring my wife. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a love story. He missed her. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. They valued one another. Yeah. So much so that they put their life on the line for one another. Am I still in the right room? Okay, that's the third chapter. And so I, I, my point is that this is not an arranged marriage. This is a love story. You see what the point is. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter number 6, look at verse number 11. So that's the kind of relationship they had. But look here in second Samuel chapter 6 verse number 11. We're almost done. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-edom in the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-edom and all his household. And it was told David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-edom and all that pertains unto him, because the ark of God, because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-edom unto the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when that the, they bare the ark of the Lord and they had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. Now, that doesn't mean he was naked. It just means he he's stripped that outer kingly garment off. He took his crown off. You know, he's not dressed up like a king and so forth. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the, with the sound of the trumpet. Amen. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal... Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Look at that. They had valued one another. They had loved one another. Appreciated one another. And very cherished one another. And saw the good in one another. And put their life on the line to get together. But something changed. She didn't want to be in the same room with him. She despised him. That word means, if you look it up, to disesteem, disdain, look down with contempt or scorn as somebody's despicable and worthless, vile and a low person. David was having a good day. I mean, the church service was going that day. Right? I'm almost done. Tell your neighbor he's almost done. And he's, the, 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 the ark is finally back where it belongs. Remember, it had been stolen by the Philistines. There's a lot, a lot of backstory here. But he's bringing in the ark, and the presence of God is coming back to the, to the proper place. And he, uh, he gets happy. And he helped himself. Right? I'm almost done. I know some of you are starting to tune out. I can feel it. So, and, and he's out there dancing with the common people. He's not in his royal garment, all dignified, I'm the king. He's down there getting happy in the presence of God, dancing with all his might. Now, remember, she's the king's daughter. She grew up being dignified her whole life and uh, making sure she maintains that reputation. And she's not liking the reputation that David's given the family. Amen. Amen. They had a move of God that day. Now, let's go go down here to verse number 20. She gets, David comes home and he returned to bless his house, his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today. She's sarcastic. This is not, this is not praise. This is sarcasm. How glorious was the king of Israel today. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaidens? He wasn't completely naked. He just took that outer of garment off. It says he was girded with a linen ephod. He uncovered himself in the eyes of the handmaidens and of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said unto Michael, It wasn't for you, honey. It was before the Lord. Which chose me before thy father and before all his house. See, this same thing caused Saul to lose the kingship. He's too full of himself to keep the kingship. Chose me before thy father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. If you look that word up, it means rejoice, get happy, and express it. Then he said, verse number 22, and I will be more vile than thus and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them, of, to them, excuse me, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, look at that, therefore, right? You want to circle that. Michael, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Sheesh. She despised him in her heart. Amen. So. David was having, a, I'm, I'm closing. I know I'm going a little long here, but David was having a good day. God was moving. Things were happening. The, the plan of God was advancing. He's rejoicing. He's out there dancing. He doesn't think of his dignity. He's thinking of what God's plan was and what, how it was coming to pass. And uh, he's rejoicing. He's having a good day. And he comes home and she rains on his parade. She just put a bucket of cold water over the whole thing. Isn't that right? She went from David being the joy of her life to despising him. Right? Can it happen? Just in a few chapters. Yeah. Amen, why? Because was it David was a bad man? No, God said himself, He's a man after my own heart. Amen. Isn't that good? Yeah. His, the, her statements were sarcastic and bitter. Yeah. If you read the many accounts in the Old Testament, whenever they came back from a great battle and won a great victory, or here's a big celebration, this kind of thing, the women would get out in front and dance and, and look forward to seeing their husbands yeah. 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 and yeah. rejoice and sing and, and, yes. and, and, and have that kind of celebration. They, yes. they would, the women would start it up. Yeah. Yeah. Where did Mikhail belong? Out leading those women. Yeah celebrating something God's doing yes. through her husband. Amen. Yes. That was her first mistake. So good. She was at the house rather than at church. Yes. So she should have been out there leading that. I know I'm going long. Please, please don't take it off my, my time. <laughs> so she should have been out there leading all that. And she said here... She's basically saying, you embarrassed me. You make us look bad. She's used to being dignified her whole life. She grew up a king's daughter. Right? And so David, he came home to bless her, but she just, she just was having a bad, she was just all worked up about this. And uh, he came home to bless her, but that blessing couldn't land in her life. Right? Because of why she ill-esteemed him, the one God had chosen, and who was pure in heart and so, so humble that he didn't, he didn't care if people didn't see him as the king right then. You know what I mean, as the king? He wasn't all dignified looking right then. Amen. I'm almost done. I know I've been saying that, but I just need you to hear something here. And so he basically uh, said, it wasn't for you, honey. Whether it was honorable in your eyes or not, I'll let you be the judge of that. But God likes it. (laughs) He picked me. He likes my heart. I'm just saying what he's saying. He called me and anointed me, and your daddy lost out with the the plan of God because of this. Amen. Husbands and wives, it's not okay that down at the job everybody else is rejoicing over what God's doing in their life, and, and they come home, and somebody's got... Just laying for them,
1: yeah. Come on.
0: or that you're laying for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on.
0: Amen. Amen. There needs to be a, there needs to be just as much appreciation and value at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not okay that they find more respect out there than they do at home. Yes. Amen. At work, they go on and on about how much of a blessing they are, but at home, it's like well, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right. Amen. It's not okay to unload and vent your frustrations and your aggravations on them. Amen. Praise the Lord. This stuff gets passed down. You you can start it and it'll go from the person that that got kicked. It'll go from that to the next person. Because one person gets kicked, they turn around and kick somebody else. And this is spread through our whole society. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The wife, the husband kicks the wife, maybe not physically, but I'm just talking about railing on yeah. them. Yeah. Abusive yeah. talk. Yeah. So the wife takes it out on the kids. Kids take it out on the dog. Dog takes it out on the mailman. The mailman goes out and takes a high-powered rifle and shoots somebody. You know, just, it just spreads. Come on, somebody could have made the right, let the right words come out of their mouth and start spreading some love rather than division and hatred. Stand up with me. You've been very kind today. I've gone a long time. David didn't apologize to her. Isn't that right? She was embarrassed. You embarrassed me in front of my friends. Well, basically, she was supposed to be out there leading the, the celebration. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can it be, see, my point is she went from valuing and esteeming him to where she laid her life on the line to just over a little issue of dancing in church. You embarrassed me. Yeah. See, somewhere along the line, she lost that. This is a precious man. He is, he is a man after God's own heart. She lost that. Now it's all about her and how she got embarrassed. Isn't that right? And so um, somewhere along the line, she lost that. Can it be that people have physical conditions in their body because they lost their esteem for their spouse? From this story? The answer would be yes. That'd be possible. I'm not saying that's true about every situation, but that would be possible. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder with these kinds of things. Father, we thank you for your word today. It is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It opens our understanding. Thank you for mercy. You're a God of mercy. Father for those of us, Father Father, probably all of us have missed it in this area one time or another. Thank you for being merciful to us. Father, if there needs to be adjustments made today, we just make those adjustments. That's what we're here for, Father. We want to hear what we need to hear. Thank you for answers today. We hear what the Spirit is saying to our hearts and we judge ourselves. Thank you, Father, for mercy. We, we ask you to have mercy on us in our marriages. We, we believe you for help to, to reveal to us the treasure that our spouse is to us, the value that they are. Father, you brought them into our lives. You brought them, Father, to, to assist us and help one another, edify one another, build one another up. Father, forgive us in anything we've torn each other down. We repent. We will, we'll make the adjustments right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Does your heart agree with that? You can say amen to that. Say amen if you can. Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, these things are, are big deals. I believe they're, they're, they're important, even to our physical health, our prosperity, and so forth and so on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, if you're married, turn to your spouse. If you're not, don't turn to the person beside you. <laughs> Somebody might have been sitting beside somebody and say, "Now's my chance, Pastor." Now's- no, 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 no. <laughs> no, if you're not married, just hold it, cool it. But if you're married, just squeeze them, saying, "I love you." Looking them in the eyes, say, "I love you." I value you. You're precious to me. Amen. Are you looking at one another? Look them in the eyes. You're precious to me and a very, very valuable treasure. Amen. You're a gift from God to me. And I love you. And I'm committed to you. Amen. I'm going to pull the best out of you. And you're going to pull the best out of me. Hallelujah. We're sweet on one another. And we're going to be that way the rest of our lives. Amen. Amen. Pastor Debbie and I saw, a, I don't know, they were in their 80s, a couple down, Coralville one day, we used to live down there, walking down the sidewalk, getting some exercise, you know. But <laughs> they're holding their hand, holding each other's hand. We looked at each other and said, that's going to be us when we get still sweet on one another. Hallelujah.